0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Mackay Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Mackay Becton did. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. When he that. got the handoff. You know that's? <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank
1: you
2: Whoa. from the PlayLikeAJet.com digital studio. This is Play Like A Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time. To preview the 2021 NFL season Jet style With our man who is a film analyst for us over at playlikeajet.com And the Play Like A Jet YouTube channel As well as co-host of Play Like A Jet Live Wednesday nights With Clayton Smarslock on U-Stadium And that of course is Luke Grant the Thunder from Down Under Luke what's going on sir?
1: No, not too much. Just excited that we're, you know, this close to the real season now. You know, we've we've been through preseason and training camp and OTAs, and it's nice to have the real thing just around the corner, and I, I can't wait for it.
2: And this is the first time, at least for me, in a couple of years that I've really gone into a season optimistic, not necessarily about how many wins the team's going to get, but that we're going to actually have entertaining football games to watch. And so we will start with the unit that's been Way less than entertaining the last couple of years. And then, of course, the (laughs) offense. Let's start at quarterback. Zach Wilson is really all we need to talk about here because he's coming in here as the number two overall pick. High expectations for him, not only because he was picked so high, but because he did so well in the preseason. In fact, you heard Tim Jenkins on the show earlier this week. He talked about how he thinks Zach Wilson was not just the best quarterback in the preseason, But it wasn't even close There was a distant second, third, and fourth to him after that And so with all of that said We look towards the regular season And now Wilson will have to step up in real games His first game is going to be against the Carolina Panthers And the Jets' old friend Sam Darnold And then We could see history repeating itself potentially. If the Jets get the win week one against the Carolina Panthers, they come home and they're going up against the New England Patriots. And the reason I said history repeating itself is because, Luke, you remember in 2009, Mark Sanchez and the Jets went on the road, beat the Houston Texans in Sanchez's first start, and then they came home to take on the New England Patriots. Big difference this time is that the Jets are not going to have to face Tom Brady. So that is a huge feather in their cap as opposed to the last time when the Jets played the Patriots. But let's start with Wilson here. Talk to me about what you saw from him throughout the preseason and what you are now expecting from him as we head into the season. Reasonable expectations for this young rookie quarterback out of
1: BYU. It's, it's really exciting. Starting off looking back at the preseason, there were kind of three things that I was primarily looking at from Zach Wilson. And that was number one, that he made good, smart decisions from inside the pocket and didn't turn the ball over. And he didn't take sacks. You have to negate those negative plays. He didn't take any sacks. He didn't have any turnover-worthy throws. That was a huge win. I wanted to see him... Uh, pre-snap recognized, pre- and post-snap, understand where to go with the football, timing within concepts. We both saw Scott at BYU. We knew how good he was outside of structure and and making those plays like we saw against Green Bay in the preseason. But I wanted to see him within the pocket and I saw more than enough of that. And then the third thing I was looking for was how did he look? when he was pushing the ball down the field because that's how you win in the NFL. You can't be a check down Charlie, so to speak. You have to be able to push it past the line of scrimmage and, uh, and pass the first down marker. He was five for five on passes that traveled 10 plus yards uh, in the preseason. And he checked all of those boxes. Now, moving forward, you just want to see him do it in week one against Carolina. It's going to be a really interesting test for him because the defensive line for the Panthers is their strength. You've got guys like Brian Burns and Derek Brown, and they have some dogs up there. That's going to be a test for our offensive line but it's going to be a lot easier than going against Bill Belichick in week two. So just want to see him carry over what he's already done for the season as a whole. You just want to see him be, uh, I guess, just competent. and you want to see him make good decisions and look like he fits. Everyone's going to be so carried away with statistics and I hope he hits this checkpoint and throws 30 touchdowns and, 300, 3,086 yards and this many, you know, everything, but just let's see competent quarterback play. He looks like he belongs past the eye test. That's what I want to see. The Jets aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. Just have that connection with Corey Davis, with Elijah Moore, put it all together and let's see Zach Wilson thrive and give himself a base to work off going into year two when the Jets could realistically make the playoffs. But look, this year isn't about statistical milestones for me. It's just making sure that he makes improvements and looks like he belongs in the NFL.
2: I love how you talked about Check Down Charlie with Alex Smith because I talked about this with Chris Nimbley in a recent podcast. Chris Wessling, the late great writer from NFL.com, used to say that Alex Smith was a field goal quarterback in a touchdown league. And the difference between the Chiefs with Alex Smith and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes is that the Chiefs with Alex Smith were a playoff contender. The Chiefs, With Patrick Mahomes, our Super Bowl contender, and that's really the difference between an adequate quarterback and an elite quarterback. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to be an elite quarterback, but we've got our fingers crossed. Certainly, we're hoping that he's better than an adequate quarterback, and we're hoping that the offensive line is going to help his mission of becoming better than an adequate quarterback. Because as we know, Luke, we'll get into the weapons a little bit later. But the line is huge here. If they can't protect the quarterback, especially a quarterback who's young, Coming out of a school like BYU and needs to adjust Needs some time to throw Needs to be able to get his bearings You need to be able to keep this kid upright That was a huge problem when Sam Darnold was here And you don't want to be putting Zach Wilson in that same situation So let's talk about the offensive line Makai Becton comes back He had his injury issues last year Banged up a little bit In this preseason and in training camp We've also got Elijah Vera Tucker Who's been hurt for quite a while But he's going to be ready for the regular season Greg Van Roten and Connor McGovern Are back from last year So how do you see this line Shaking out as the season Approaches? I don't think They're going to be as bad as last year I don't know that it's fair to have Expectations of them being In the top half of the league Maybe if everything goes exactly According to plan But even if they could be in that 20 to 22 range, that's a significant step up from last year. And it would at least give Zach Wilson a fighting chance, you would think,
1: right? They just have to be adequate, Scott. You mentioned it. At the start of the preseason and the start of training camp, I thought, you know what? They've got Morgan Moses. This has a chance to be a top 15 unit. What's making me hesitant on that now isn't the fact that they've struggled in these practices against Carl Lawson and against the Smith brothers in Green Bay. It's the fact that they haven't really played together. If you talk to anyone that's involved in O-line coaching or O-line play in the NFL, the consistency and reps and those combinations are so important. It's such a feel and rep. Uh, repetition position, and the Jets, as you mentioned, they didn't have Elijah Veratuka out there during the preseason at all. Uh, Macaih Beckton was concussed during the Eagles' joint week of practice, so they really haven't had that continuity. So that's a little concerning for me heading into the first few weeks of the season. That gives me some some kind of cause for pause. But on the whole, look, I think this is a unit that can be around that 20 to 23 kind of mark as far as O-line, especially in pass protection. Um, And I think that's going to be good enough because we've seen what Zach can do when he breaks the pocket. But you don't want to make him do that too much and start to leave and bail the pocket early because that's when you get into trouble. What I'm excited to see is, especially this is more in the run game, is them running left. It's going to be a great opportunity for the running backs going behind Makai Becht and Elijah Tucker. But the guy I'm probably most excited to see is actually Connor McGovern. He was fantastic in Denver in 2019. I thought he was a top 10 center. And he's really impressed me again throughout the preseason when he played. Thought he was terrific in pass protection. He looked good climbing to the second level on his combo blocks. So I'm really excited to see him bounce back because he struggled last year. But I think part of that was schematics. I think part of that was the guard play next to him. It was you know, You've know got Eifert and these guys next to him. Um, sorry, Pat Elfline. And they're just, they're not NFL caliber guards and they have such a negative effect on his play. So I'm excited to see him, but I'm a little worried about right tackle. I was a huge fan of, of getting Morgan Moses and it was a move that I lobbied for throughout the whole offseason. He hasn't impressed so far. George Fant has been average in the games, but there's been some issues with him at practice as well. So, look, there's a lot of question marks still, primarily at right guard and at right tackle. But overarchingly, I think the line is significantly better. I think you're not going to have a situation like Joe Burrow had last year or like Tua had in Miami. They're going to be an OK unit just below average. But if that's the case, that's a big step forward for the Jets. And again, it's something to work forward with.
2: The offensive line is going to be blocking for Zach Wilson, but as you said, it's going to be fascinating to watch, especially on the left side of the line with the running backs. The main guys here that you think are going to get the bulk of the carries, Michael Carter, who is the rookie fourth rounder coming in out of North Carolina. You've also got Tevin Coleman, the veteran who's used to the system played for the 49ers so you know what you're getting there somebody that's comfortable for this coaching staff with Michael LaFleur and then the third guy that's probably going to gobble up a lot of carries and may actually get the most carries of the group is Ty Johnson and his magic thighs quote Chris Nimbley the very big deal so let's talk about the running back group and what you think they can do behind this offensive line not only is that important Because of the fact that the Jets need an effective running game to be an effective team and be competitive. But also, as we know, Luke, the teams that have good running games make it so much easier on the quarterback, particularly a rookie quarterback. If the running game can get going, that would mean that Zach Wilson won't have everything on his shoulders And that is enormous for his development. We've seen this time and time again. Russell Wilson is an example in Seattle. They eased him in slowly. They ran the ball a lot. And then eventually they took the training wheels off and really let him rock. But for a while, he was kind of constrained. And that's not a terrible thing for a rookie quarterback you don't want to rush them into anything too crazy what do you think here what are we going to see from these running backs I assume it's going to be a running back by committee situation they're going to want to keep these guys fresh throughout the entire season how do you see this running back room are you optimistic about it
1: I am optimistic and just building off what you said Scott the running game is so important for rookie quarterback it gets you in second and third and manageables that's just crucial to staying ahead of the chains But especially in this system, it's so predicated around play action and bootlegs. So the success of the running game is going to open up so much for Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur in the passing game. Speaking about the running back group specifically now, look, it is going to be a running back group by committee, but I 100% agree with you. I think Ty Johnson is going to get the lion's share of the carries, especially early in the season. He looked the most explosive through preseason. I found it interesting that Robert Sala and Lafleur talked about how at times he went too laterally or too lateral, and they wanted him to play more direct and be more decisive. And I think you started to see that in the last two preseason games, which was really positive. He has that physicality that Chris alludes to with his thighs. So I'm really excited to see him. And I think Jets fans really became aware of him after the Las Vegas game last year. And I think he is going to get the the most carries, especially to start the year. And then Michael Carter showed me more than enough. He has been put in some unfavorable positions in the preseason. His numbers have looked below average from a yards per attempt. Measure, but look. There's been times where this defensive end's in the backfield, and he's just got the ball and been faced with them tackling him ten yards in the backfield. So, look, Michael Carter has the juice. He has the ability as the pass catcher. He's going to be able to block on third down. That's going to keep him on the field. That's really crucial. So, look, I think he's going to be eased into the rotation. And as we get closer to the midpoint of the year, and you're playing Buffalo and Miami around that week seven to nine range, you're going to see him become more prevalent in that running back rotation. And then look, Coleman's the guy that surprised me the most, even though he only played one game and we didn't see a lot of him. He just looks quicker than I assumed he would be coming off of the injuries and the performance he put out in San Francisco last year. It was bad. It was flat out bad. He was the least productive running back in the NFL last year, but he's shown those glimpses. He looks quicker, better side to side with his movements. His agility looks to be back and his short area quickness. So all in all, there's not a running back that's going to wow you and go, that's your bell cow. But together, they have more than enough talent. I can see the comparisons between a guy like Tyler Johnson um, and uh, Raheem Mostert, who is in San Francisco. So I'm excited. I, I, sorry, I'm excited. I think it fits the offense well. And I think this group of running backs can have a lot of success, especially running left.
2: We talked about the protection For Zach Wilson here with the offensive line and we talked about how that offensive line is going to try and help the running game Help Zach Wilson be a better quarterback by taking some of the pressure off of him But let's talk about the weapons that Zach Wilson is going to be throwing to this season at wide receiver You're looking at a group that includes some really good players Elijah Moore who dazzled in camp before getting hurt Didn't play in the preseason, will be ready for the regular season. Corey Davis, Mm -hmm. the big offseason signing, who may not be a true number one, But, Luke, you and I have talked about this and other people have said it, but he could be that Eric Decker-like presence. If you remember when Eric Decker was brought in here to help Geno Smith and Geno Smith's second year, probably the best free agent signing that John Idzik made. If you go back and look at the contract numbers for what Decker gave the Jets, it was a really good deal. And then you take a look at the guys that are back here. Jamison Crowder comes back. Denzel Mims comes back. Now, he's a big question mark because we heard some up and down things at camp. He got some time later on with the ones, but then he got hurt. And last year, he played pretty well for a handful of games and there were games where he disappeared. He was injured last year. So a lot of questions with Denzel Mims. And then, of course, Keelan Cole is here. A solid veteran comes in from Jacksonville. And if he's going to be your fourth or fifth receiver, that is an enormous upgrade over what the Jets have had in past years. You've got Tyler Croft Tomb Raider at tight end. And so this is a group that should be a major, major improvement. Over what Sam Darnold had, other than the fact that he did have Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder, two pretty good receivers. There was never really much behind that. Now the Jets could be four or five receivers deep. So you would think, on paper at least, this puts Zach Wilson in a much better position to succeed than Sam Darnold was in early on in his Jets tenure, correct?
1: You Correct. You hit the nail on the head. It's about depth. There were times in Sam Darnold's rookie year against the Bears, I'll never forget that lineup, where he was throwing to Jermaine Curse and Deontay Burnett, and that was about it. And how are you supposed to get a quarterback to develop when you have no depth behind your starters who are not a great level to begin with? This year, if they get an injury early on the season, God forbid, they have the ability to overcome that. They have the depth with guys like Mims and like uh, and like Cole, so that's a huge bonus. But then you look at the top tier talent they have. Corey Davis may not be that number one guy, but I'm also not convinced that he's not. If that makes sense, you you look at the connection they created. Probably through halfway through training camp, it started to take off once Elijah Moore went down. And I think he got targeted on something like 83% of his routes that he ran in the preseason. And he caught a lot of those balls as well. He's dynamic over the middle of the field. He can run those crossing routes. If you want to put him on the backside of a concept and have him run a comeback or a hitch and go one-on-one, he has that ability. He's a really well-rounded receiver. He's going to be dominant in the red zone. So that's a very big win. And then you look at Elijah Moore, even though he hasn't played, Zach Wilson loves him. The chemistry came right back at training camp during the Eagles week. You saw them connect on a couple of deep balls. So it's pleasing to me that Zach Wilson has an elite chemistry already with two of those guys when they're on the field together, which we haven't seen yet. That's going to ask questions that the Jets haven't asked offensively for really since 2015 with Marshall and Decker. So that's extremely exciting. Jamison Crowder is going to be the guy. He always is coming in from the slot. He'll get open, work underneath, can stretch it a little vertically as well. So altogether, I love the depth. That's the most exciting part for me. I think the top tier talent is nearly there. There may be a wide receiver one away, but I can't wait to see it all together. And I think it's going to be a huge advantage for Zach Wilson based on what a lot of rookie quarterbacks have around the league.
2: Luke let's do some predictions we'll try and be reasonable here and we'll start with Zach Wilson what do you expect to see from him this year give me some basic numbers again you don't have to be too crazy in terms of exact predictions but give me a basic range
1: All right, let's do it. I'm just getting my calculator out to try to get the 17 (laughs) games in there. So, look, I'll say 3,700 yards. That's about 215 yards per game. I don't think that's particularly unrealistic. In a 16-game season, it might have been a little higher. But if he plays 17 games, I feel pretty confident that even though it's a run-first offense, he can get 215 yards per game. That's not a ton to ask of a quarterback, particularly with a lot of play action and the deep shots that I think LaFleur is going to take. Touchdown-wise, I think if he exceeds 25 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns, that's a win. That's significantly more. I saw a graphic the other day with Mark Sanchez rookie numbers when he had like 10 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. I think people forget how ugly it was in 2009. Sam Darnold was like 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. If Wilson can be healthy and he can throw 24, 25 touchdowns, I think that's a win. And as always, my kind of limit that I put on the interceptions is that two-to-one ratio. Zach Wilson, I'm happy for him to turn the ball over 12 or 13 times if he has double the amount of touchdowns. What you don't want to see is him playing the ball underneath, not producing the deep shots and the production down the field, and then still having the turnovers. So let's set the parameters as 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. That would be a, a really great season for him. Even then, it might be a little on the high end, but I think that's realistic enough.
2: The offensive line all said and done Where do you think that they fall rank wise And then let's talk specifically here About Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker Because those are the two guys on this line That you hope are going to be a big part Of the long term prognosis for turning that unit around Where do you see them shaking out Do you think Becton can become a pro bowler Do you see Elijah Vera Tucker being an all rookie team type of player What are your thoughts here with the offensive line
1: Yes, on both counts. I think Becton's going to be a pro bowler this year. If he can stay healthy and he doesn't run into those little niggling injuries and foot and ankle injuries, I think he's going to be fantastic. The pass rushes he goes up against outside of maybe Brian Burns in week one, I think he has a really good slate of opposition. There's a lot of bigger, slower guys. You have some more 4-3 defensive ends. That's going to suit his game. He's going to continue to develop. He looks great physically. feel confident about his game. Elijah tucker it's kind of difficult to say because you haven't seen him yet. But I think out of the guys who are slated to play and start, I still feel most confident about him. I don't think Quinn Miners is going to start over in Denver, even though he looked really good in the preseason. So, yeah, I think he can definitely make an all-rookie team. And he can be a top... Not top tier, but a top half of the league starter. Because if you look at that guard depth NFL wide, it is really weak and it is really shallow. So I think he has an opportunity to be a huge upgrade over what we've seen at the left guard spot. And then speaking holistically about the group, I think if they can avoid being in the bottom seven to that kind of 26 to 32 range, that's a big step forward. Ideally, you want to creep towards average. You want to get towards 20th. But if they can just avoid stinking it up and they can give Zach an opportunity, just be higher than 25th. And I think that's going to be okay for the Jets.
2: The running backs. We assume that the bulk of the carries are going to be taken, as we've said before, by Ty Johnson and his magic thighs, by Tevin Coleman and by Michael Carter. How do you see these guys all producing? Not just... With carries in the backfield, but also catching passes too.
1: They can all do it, which is the positive thing. I think all three of the guys we just mentioned then, they all have good hands. They can all run some basic routes. They're not on the Christian McCaffrey level of pass catches and route runners out of the backfield, but they're in that kind of Dalvin Cook, that kind of level of receiver. They can do damage, they can catch the ball, and then they can do things after the catch. I think if you made me guess right now, I think Michael Carter will have the most receptions out of the backfield. I think he'll have somewhere in that 25 to 30 range. I don't see it being a high volume of running back targets in general. It's not what Zach Wilson did a lot at BYU. And it's not what LaFleur has done a lot in the past with San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. But look, I think all three of them had the capability to, and as a from a checkdown option, or if you're, you've got a hot receiver and the, you've got an extra blitzer, it's nice to have those guys that can get their head around and make plays. I think yards per carry is probably the the measurement I want to look at for them. If they can be over four and they can be in that kind of 4.2, 4.3 range, that's going to have, give the Jets a great opportunity to be efficient on offense and to be ahead of the chains and give Zach Wilson an opportunity to attack on second down rather than getting in third and six, third and seven. So I'm looking for yards per carry. I think they're all going to have like in this – five to 700 yards range it's not a huge deal depending on how the carries are divvied out but if they can just be solid and then also pass protection because i mentioned it before if you can't pass protect as a back it's going to put a huge strain on the offense you can't be left in there it's going to make the tight end stay attached it makes you very one-dimensional so you want to see them be able to do all three facets of their job and i think all three guys will be fine
2: how about a wide receiver
1: This is a really tough one. I was thinking about who do I think will have the most yards for the jets because early in the preseason and and training camp, everyone would have said Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore is going to push a thousand yards. Then you see Corey Davis and you think, okay, he had 960 yards last year. He now doesn't have AJ Brown taking away targets from him. And he actually had five or six 100-yard games last year, which was more than A.J. Brown had. I'm going to say one of them gets to 1,000 yards. We haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver here since 2015 when both of the guys, Decker and Marshall, had it. Robbie Anderson got close a couple of times. Quincy Nunwa had 800 yards. Crowder's had 850. I think we're going to have the 1,000-yard receiver this year. I'm leaning towards, I think I'm going to say it's Corey Davis. I think you'll have 1,100 yards, uh, but I think – That Elijah Moore will have a higher yards per catch. So I think he'll be up around that 14 to 15 yards per catch. He'll be more explosive than AJ, sorry, than AJ Brown, than his teammate Corey Davis. Um, But I think Davis will have more yards. And then if you're talking touchdowns, I'm going to say that Corey Davis leads the Jets with eight touchdowns.
2: If the Jets can live up to Luke's predictions, I think this will be a very fun year for us to watch. And I think that that is something that we all deserve after the last bunch of years <laughs> where it's been very, very much a chore to watch this team. Luke Grant doing the film breakdowns over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like A Jet YouTube channel. And of course, co host. Over at U Stadium, play like a jet live Wednesday nights with Clayton Smarslock. Thank you so much for coming on and breaking down the offense, previewing them for the 2021 season with me. Really appreciate it. For everybody that wants to check out what you're doing, interact with you on social media, how can they do that?
1: Make sure the first thing you do is go across to play like a jet on our YouTube, type it into the search bar. Make sure you subscribe, you're following, you're commenting, uh, supporting all our content. Not just from me. Kayla Pace has her Paces playbook up there. There's a lot of great content, film breakdowns, things like that. And then the easiest way to get in touch with me is Twitter. It's Luke Grant seven. Make sure you come and say hello. And then you'll find all the information to uh, our show on Wednesday night for play like a jet live. Also we go live with you stadium after every single jets game. So throughout the season, we'll be doing post games myself, and Clay. You'll get features from Scott and Nick and Kayla and all the team. So make sure you check it out. Keep an eye out for that and support everything we're doing with Play Like a Jet.
2: Make sure that you follow Luke on Twitter at Luke Grant 7 And of course, check out his work at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Like he said, he's constantly putting videos up there. Plus, Kayla's got her commentaries paces playbook. They're up there too. So watch the videos and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And